0: You're listening to the nitty-gritty podcast with Jen Gall and Shona Hutchings where they discuss the nitty-gritty of creative entrepreneurship. We're on episode 19 of the nitty-gritty podcast, and today we're talking about how to position yourself as an expert when you're lowballed. Bum bum bum.
1: <laughs> Whenever I do that, I think of green giant. <laughs> green giant. <laughs> okay, but seriously, being lowballed is probably the worst feeling ever Mm -hmm. and some of the things that we're going to talk about today is how to position yourself or what to do when you're either in person or on a phone call even through email like what you can do to kind of come back with a rebuttal as to why you are the price that you have stipulated for yourself or why you've given that estimate to a potential client. So one of the first things that you need to do is you need to understand why your prices are what they are. So you need to understand how much you want to make in that year or how many hours you're going to be spending on a certain service or your qualifications or all of your expenses. Like you really need to understand the lifestyle that you want to live and understand why you've chosen X amount of dollars for whatever the service is that mm-hmm. you're offering someone. Because when you understand all of those, I don't know what you would call them, stipulations, requirements.
0: I guess it's like requirements, wants, needs. It's like a it's kind m- of a melange, <laughs> a mix of a bunch of things. A mix of the kind of things. Yeah. But I feel like if you understand like
1: why – you have priced something at what it is. It's a lot easier to come to someone and say or have that conversation with someone who is basically saying, oh, can you do it for less? Or, well, actually, this is how much I'm actually willing to pay. Mm-hmm. This is why how you can validate why mm-hmm. you are priced at that way. And a lot of the times it's just saying how you're different and how you can do something that's similar to someone else but better.
0: You know what I find is really weird is that bartering just seems to be a really big thing in the service industry. Like exchanging service for service? No, just bartering t- prices. Like oh, just God, saying yeah. like I don't want to pay that, so will you do it for this. Like but like I can't walk into a store and be like, This is a sixty dollar sweatshirt? No way. That's not worth it. I'm gonna I wanna pay forty. Yeah.
1: And you're just there's... gonna be
0: like, No, see ya.
1: There's definitely something to be said. Well, because this is the other thing too that I've noticed a lot. So I, I realized this when I was writing my grant last summer. Mm-hmm. We were asked to create a cost of goods sheet. It's like a COGS sheet. Mm-hmm. So you lay out exactly what it would cost to have this product or to create this product. Like what what's all of the necessary expenses that you have to incur in order to create this product. And then what is your markup on that? So like what kind of a margin are you making Mm -hmm. that's relative to the industry and to kind of what else is out there? For service-based industries, I basically didn't have a cog sheet.
0: Yeah, it would be a lot harder to figure that out.
1: It was so much more challenging. And the only other thing that I actually had that I could like quantify – -hmm. Was like paper, or if I needed to rent space,
0: or like membership fees, membership fees, yeah. Yeah.
1: And even that is like, okay, I like let's just use that as an example for anyone who uses Adobe for design or photography Mm -hmm. or video, whatever, anything creative. Like you're gonna have X amount of clients, and you're only paying that once a month. So you need X amount of clients, and then you have to separate Adobe into how, like, separate them into that amount. It's just so confusing. And honestly, I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it, yeah, like, it's, it's so much more challenging to understand, <laughs> guys. We're, we're dying here because there is a fruit fly flying around my head.
0: <laughs> she just keeps batting I it. just keeps batting it. And it it's, keeps, like, about to go in her mouth. <laughs> it keeps coming
1: back. <laughs> um. So yeah. Pardon, but we want rewind here for a second. Yeah. So honestly, like it's it it really is challenging to explain to someone who isn't buying like a tangible item, but is buying you as like a value and kind of what you're offering. Mm-hmm. Um. Which is why I think understanding.
0: Yeah, understand your value. So. When I was writing this out in our talking notes, all I could think of was like the Arthur theme song where they go, believe in yourself, that's the place to start. And that's it. hey, hey. Anyways, sorry. <laughs> Basically, you need to be able to believe in yourself and your value as, as a business owner and as an entrepreneur um, and know that your time is valuable. So if someone turns around and tells you that they don't want to pay you what you're asking, you ultimately get to make that decision to say, my time is valuable and this is what I believe mm-hmm. I'm worth. But if you don't believe in yourself and your skills to begin with, it's really hard to make that argument for yourself. So it's very important that you do some soul searching in your <laughs> business and that you understand that the work that you are creating has value. You as a person have value. Your time is valuable. So you shouldn't be cutting things out of what you offer or... Um, creating specific services necessarily for people that aren't necessarily what you would normally do in your business or what you know that you're good at. Um, So just believe in yourself, believe in what you offer, believe in your business and give yourself value. And that's something I think that is easy to
1: forget when it comes to service-based industries is that if if you're offering a service to someone, you're solving a problem Mm -hmm. for them. So it might not be something tangible necessarily, but you're offering a solution that they need. So you are valuable. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily like m- maybe, I know, Sharona, you've talked about this, where it's like maybe you're a self-taught entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. But what you do, you do very, very well. And that's that's so important. And it's so much more common now to be self-taught. Mm-hmm. Um, So don't undercut yourself just because... You know, you don't have that traditional kind of that training. training. Or
0: like educational background, yeah.
1: You know, value it if you have it, but also be okay and believe in yourself if you don't. Mm -hmm. And the more confident you have when you have conversations with people about this, and the more consistent you are with it, and the more you practice it, the better you get at it. Because I know myself, like I recently had this conversation and it was someone who I think, you know, they basically had, had dealt with some really unfortunate expenses, trying to build something and trying to create something. And so they came to me and I was trying to solve the problem and they honestly just weren't open to paying more money to solve what was kind of already a problem that they've, that was created. Um, and I just had to say like, I need to be realistic with my time because as we have learned from previous podcasts, if you're saying yes to everyone who is lowballing you, the people who are paying top dollar for it are actually ones that are going to suffer. And at the end of the day, like your business is going to suffer because there's no way you're gonna be able to s- sustain yourself. Mm-hmm. If, if you keep accepting and saying yes to everyone who lowballs you, Mm -hmm. Which I realize I know is hard to do. Don't get me wrong. Um, But be confident when you have those conversations. And ironically, when we're talking about bartering. Yeah. Ironically, if you keep saying no and you're confident with it, some people will just say, okay, no problem. And they'll pay the full price. All they're really doing is just trying to see how low they can get it for. Yeah. I learned this when I was house hunting.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. But you have to barter with house hunting. Yeah.
1: But sure. I think it's it's kind of that same concept, right? Like sometimes people just wanna see how low how low you'll price it. Yeah. And if they can save money doing it. I mean, you can't really don't take it personally, I think. If yeah. they don't if they don't value you, then peace out. Thank you next. Thank you next.
0: <laughs> On the topic of being like a self taught entrepreneur and trying to have the conversation Um, I know that I've had to have a couple conversations with people where I've said like, don't do work for free. You need Mm -hmm. to value your time, make sure that what you're doing, um, is valuable to you and, and what you're doing in your business and that the work that you're creating makes sense for your brand and all of these things. And quite honestly, when you look back at your business, the questions you need to ask yourself is not, did I sit for two to five years in a classroom or in a training program Mm -hmm. to learn what i'm doing the questions you need to ask is do i create a service that people want Mm -hmm. do people hire me and am i making money doing what i'm doing amen so like yeah like (laughs) the self-taught thing i don't think so many entrepreneurs are self-taught and so many um photographers i would say great photographers are self-taught um there weren't training programs originally when cameras came out and we have some of the greatest photographers we know that just picked up a camera played around and eventually became amazing photographers so I don't I don't think that you have to value potentially on your on your education or your qualification background in that way what you need to do is just be growing as as an entrepreneur you need you need to seek out opportunities to get better at what you're doing and, and then you can, yeah, practice your craft and then you'll be able to, well, hopefully have confidence in yourself, but also be able to show value in your work.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's really what it comes down to, mm-hmm. you know, believe in yourself, show value, grow, grow as an entrepreneur, build, you know,
0: challenge yourself with your craft and
1: mm-hmm.
0: with that comes confidence. And it pains me to say this a little bit because I am a teacher, but education doesn't come from sitting in a classroom.
1: It don't no i think there's definitely things that you learn from sitting in a classroom mm-hmm. but let's be honest like the hands on work is there's there's you just can't mm-hmm. i'm with what i'm looking for um there's the pra- no, no the competition pra- yeah
0: the practicality that you get from actually Thank doing you. the work and learning learning through the processes very different <laughs> processes yeah <laughs> ding ding there it the again <laughs> all right um the other thing we wanted to talk about is if you are low you shouldn't lower your prices just because someone doesn't want to pay you what you're asking. Mm-hmm. This is a problem. I wouldn't say so much now um, that I'm doing branding photography, but when I, a long time ago, <laughs> when I was doing wedding photography, oh, yeah. I had all these like packages set up and like the amount of time I would shoot for you, approximately how many images, what locations I would go to. Um if I was going to have one or two photographers and all of these things. And then after, after I did all of that work researching, like how much it was going to cost me and gas and travel and my time and all of these different things, wear and tear on my vehicle, the insurance I have to pay, like my camera equipment, my um, payment for my Adobe programs and all of these things. After figuring all that out to create my packages and to create my contract, I then had this little note that was like, All packages can be customized if you don't... Like, we don't want to make sure that we'll fit any budget and blah, blah, blah. But, like, no. Like, I can't sustain a business and pay for all the things that I need to pay for if people can't, like, pay for my services. So, unfortunately... I made that um, realization after basically paying someone <laughs> to hire me. Not necessarily, I didn't give them money, but I, I didn't really make any money on the job. And then I made that realization that I can't, I can't tailor to everyone. Mm-hmm. Because if I tailor to everyone, then I'm not creating myself like a, a market that I want to um, target when I'm yeah. creating either advertising or um, surveys or whatever I'm doing. But yeah, I can't lower my prices just to make everybody happy. I feel like I just had this like light bulb go off in my mind because this is something that
1: I feel like I'm dealing with so much recently with everything in my business. And I have a workshop coming up. It's Build Your Brand Workshop. And it was originally priced at $199. Mm -hmm. And I had had like, it was like a handful. Like it wasn't like one person who was like, I really want to go but this is too expensive. It was like five or six people and it was just like like I really want to go to this is like do you have something else coming up that's like not that's like in a lower price range. And so I decided to lower the price of the workshop. Mm-hmm. Still making a good a good amount of money on it. Mm-hmm. Um and the way I thought about it was it was going to bring in some new clientele and it was going to offer we're going to having a photographer come in, so it's going to offer a ton of like content for us um and there's just some all other positives to it other than just making money so I decided okay I'm going to lower it to 130 and I'm still going to make a good like my margin is still quite good so I think that's important to note is that when we say like understand why you price something the way it is Know that if you choose to lower it for any reason, that you're still understanding what the margins look like. Mm-hmm. Because there's nothing wrong with lowering your prices because then you understand what your what like the market looks like. Mm-hmm. And if it comes to a point where you're like, okay, maybe, you know, I have overprices or maybe, you know, it's just not working out how I wanted it to. Understand your margins. And from my standpoint, like we are kind of looking to kind of get into a different industry as well. Um, And maybe we just haven't hit that yet. So maybe Mm -hmm. our our audience that we still speak to is still in, you know, an individual solo entrepreneur audience and we're ready to reach into like a bit of like a higher kind of Mm medium-based business. And that's okay. That just, I think that was a really good eye-opening experience for me just being like, okay, like I'm ready to get to the next level, but maybe I just haven't reached enough of those people yet. Mm But also like for our target audience, like that that workshop is still for individuals who are starting a business. And so maybe that price was just too high mm-hmm. for people. So I think that's why like it's it is important to understand what where your margins are and understand why and be okay if you lower it and under and know that you're still gonna make money off of something.
0: So there's also something to be said when something looks like it's on sale. Like Yeah. They do this a lot in retail, and they've. Re- I think they're coming out with something where they came out with something that you cannot say that something is on sale unless you've already tried to sell it at the higher price. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Because what I, I when I used to work in retail, we used to they used to send us. Maybe this is illegal, and I shouldn't say it, but they used to send <laughs> us to the back, and we would have to reprice the original item to a higher price, and then put the sale price as the original price of the item.
1: Right, I remember, and yeah, yeah, and exactly what you're talking about. Yeah,
0: and it was really sketchy, and but but just the visual of something looking like it's on sale is attracted to clients. However, that you shouldn't do that because it's really lying to your to your audience. But, um, putting something on sale, even if you have to tailor it to meet the price point of the people that you're trying to target, if you're not getting that feedback or that um, kind of reach that you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, just make sure that you're not doing it in a, like, what's the word that I'm looking for? Sneaky. Sneaky, yeah. Yeah, like sneaky way. Or like ulterior motives. Yeah. So if you're going to put something on sale, just, or like lower your prices, just make sure that you are doing it truthfully. Truthfully, yeah. Yeah. So It's important. I also think that it's important to like. But don't do it for everything. Oh, God, no. Because once you put everything at a lower price point, people are just going to be like, oh, they're totally, like, fluid with their prices. We can totally start lowballing them because they just lower their prices all the time.
1: Yeah, no, that's not cool. I actually – most of our workshops sit at about, like, between 40 and 60 um, But they're, like, two to three hours, whereas this one's, like, a full day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, like, I need to figure out what this looks like. um, But then I, I'm trying – I'm actually doing a collaboration with someone else, and we're doing the collab workshop, and – um. This individual was like, "Oh, would they be like ten dollar tickets?" And I was like, "Um, no. Yikes. <laughs> that is like, there's no way you can make money on that. And it's like, mm-hmm. there's so much work that goes like into even just it. the
0: rental of the space is gonna yeah. be more than that.
1: Like, there's just it's just so unrealistic. So, mm. understanding what that looks like for yourself is so 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 important. and Have it, guys. Have standards. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Set standards um, for yourself."
1: And I, I do think it's really important to note that not everyone is going to want to pay you what you're worth. And that is a sad reality, but I think it's important to just keep that in the back of your mind. Not everyone is going to want to pay that. And I'm sure you've experienced that. I know I've experienced that. Um, even when, you, even if you come back to them and you explain why you're priced at the set price that you're at, and they still don't want to pay it, they probably wouldn't have been a great client for you anyways because they don't value what you're offering. Mm-hmm. They're not valuing valuing you as an entrepreneur and as a business, and they just want to get shit for free. Yep. For lack of a better way to put it. <laughs> free or for really cheap. Free or for nothing. Yeah. Which, at the end of the day, it's you can't sustain your you – No. No, it's not sustainable. So <laughs> –
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically, you can set your prices. I mean, like you said, as long as you know your margin, you're able to kind of vary vary what you're offering. But if you find like a system that works for you um, and you're constantly using the same thing and the same model for your clients, I-, I wouldn't necessarily tailor too much because not only is that going to become a little confusing mm. for you... But it's going to be confusing for your clients because they're going to refer you to other people and those people are going to expect the same thing. So once you start changing things for one person, um, that expectation is going to be there for anybody that they refer to as well. So just keep that in mind. Um, But if they they don't want to pay you what you're asking or if they don't like the systems or the models that you have in place, then maybe they're not the best person to work with. There you go. There
1: you have it. Yeah. So... People are going to lowball you. Just yeah. I don't know what to say. Practice it. Do it in a mirror.
0: Yeah, that's your homework. We're going to give you homework. So let's pretend like I want to pay you $1.99 for whatever you're offering. Is it worth it to you? And if it's not, tell me why.
1: Yeah, there you go. Feel free to send it to us too. Yes, we'd like to see it. We'll give you feedback if you want. Yeah. <sniffs> feedback. Instagram, best way to do it. Just do the audio recording
0: right the voice audio recording i like
1: live on that thing
0: on the dms yeah actually whenever I talk whenever i like dm yeah why do we even talk to each other in actual writing anymore you and i i'm I gonna know. start doing that
1: i like live with the voice recording yeah. i don't know why i never did it anyways <laughs> all right guys so you have your homework otherwise we will include all this information in the show notes which you can find on both um hutching and co and something simple website And uh, we'll see you guys next
0: week. Episode 20 next week! Oh my God! Can't believe we've made it this far. (laughs) There we (laughs) go. Carmen. All right. That's all for this week's podcast with Jen Gall and Shona Hutchings. Tune in next week for more nitty gritty.